This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the LJS Podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. If you get value out of today's episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation at learnjazzstandards.com slash support. We appreciate your help. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent. Welcome to the LJS Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to give you an especially warm welcome. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, welcome back. So glad to have you as a listener and really appreciate it. This podcast, this this blog that we have, Learn Jazz Standards, it's all about becoming a better jazz musician, all about jazz and improving our jazz playing. And on today's episode 38, I'm going to talk to you about five questions that I ask myself during my jazz gigs. Five questions I ask myself during my jazz gigs. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about this today uh, because I think it's incredibly important, uh, these questions, to, to ask, to really set yourself up for success, but also to to do the very best that you can during your gig and have the best musical experience you can possibly have. So I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. But before we get started, as I always do every single time on this show, I want to invite you, if you haven't yet, to become part of the Learn Jazz Standards community. You can do that by signing up for our newsletter. Go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. You're going to get weekly jazz tips from us and updates. You're going to get on the inside of things that, that other listeners and users and readers normally don't get. So go ahead. If you haven't done that yet, go ahead and sign up at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter, get involved and get connected. Okay, so I had a, a trio gig last night in Brooklyn. I live in New York and um, this trio gig is with a couple guys that I, I really love to play with. I'm a guitar player and I had a bass player and I had a drummer and I was really excited for this gig because um, it's actually been a while since I had played with this particular group of guys, but they're my favorite musicians to play with. I've played with them uh, both individually in different settings uh, recently, but not together. So I was very excited. The gig went really awesome. I had a really great time, and it was a jazz gig. Um, and I caught myself before the gig and, and during the gig asking these questions. Now, they weren't necessarily specifically these questions, but they were along these lines. And I realized afterwards that I actually ask myself these questions all the time. They're always on my mind. As, as a musician that wants to constantly be better and I want to constantly, constantly be improving my jazz playing, I ask myself these questions all the time. And I find that, that there's roughly about three questions that I tend to ask before the gig even starts. And then there's two questions that I catch myself asking during the gig. And honestly, I really think that these questions, asking myself these things, really makes a difference in my gig. And so I want to share them with you to give you a little bit of my perspective. Now, um, this isn't 
gig etiquette tips. I actually went over that in episode 23 if you want to go back and check that out. So there are other questions I ask about gigs uh, as far as logistics goes, but this is really about music and getting the most out of the musical situation at hand. Okay, so let's jump into these five questions that I ask myself during my jazz gigs. So like I said, there's about three questions that I tend to ask myself in one shape or form before the gig. And and the first one that comes across my mind is, what is my role in the band? Okay, what is my role in the band? What role am I going to play in the musical situation that is about to unfold? And the first place to look is, is what size of a group is this? How many members are there? Is it a, is it a duo? Is it a trio? A quartet? A quintet? Maybe it's even a solo gig because that's really going to dictate in many ways what your role is. You can also ask yourself, what traditionally does my instrument play in these different settings? I'm a guitar player, so I'll speak from my perspective for a second. Last night in my trio gig, I tend to be the guy that's leading all the melodies for the most part and and uh, taking care of a lot of the uh, chordal playing and the harmonic playing. And it doesn't always have to be that way, but in general, I'm kind of a little bit of the star of the show. Like There's a little bit more of a feature on me. There doesn't have to be, but it tends to be that way. And so that's more of the traditional role that I would play in a trio. Now, in a quartet where there's a piano player, perhaps, I would completely take away my entire chordal responsibility and and really act more like a horn player. Now, maybe you are a horn player, and let's just say that that you're playing in a duo situation. Let's say you're just a a saxophonist or, or a trumpet player, and you're playing with a bass player. Well, now you're in charge of actually outlining the harmony. You're in charge of playing the melodies, and you're going to be soloing as well, and you're also in charge of accompanying the bass player in one shape or form. So that is an entirely different responsibility, whereas if you were playing in, let's say, an orchestra, you know, an entire, a big band where you're really just playing your part and your job is to meld in with the rest of the group. Or if you're playing in a, in a, in a two-horn band, well, you're going to have to trade off with that horn player. You're probably going to be doubling some melodies. And so those are things you need to think about. And so whatever instrument you play, maybe you're a bass player, a drummer, Maybe you're, you're a piano player or, or any other number of, of instruments that I haven't mentioned. But you're going to have a role that you're going to play in this gig. So what is the band that you're playing in? What is your role? And start thinking about that before the gig even starts. Just if you're in that frame of mind, you're already going to be setting yourself up for success. Okay, now the second question that I tend to ask myself is what kind of music am I playing? Okay, now we're assuming that this is a jazz gig here, uh, but but jazz, of course, covers a wide span of different genres and subgenres that all come together. So if I'm playing in a band and I know that the people in the group are really trad musicians, they play a lot of trad jazz stuff, then I bet you that's probably going to be more like what the music is going to be about, right? So I, I better know some of that repertoire, I better know some of that material, I better be prepared for it. And assuming that they hired you for it or you called them for it, you probably are into that anyways. Um, Maybe you're in a group that tends to play more modern jazz and original music. Well, do you know the music that is that is about to be played? Are you studied up? Are you prepared? Now, maybe the musicians that you're playing with 
uh, are more traditional players in the sense that they just like to swing and play hard bop and bebop, then maybe you're going to sound best as a group if you just play that kind of music. So do you know your repertoire? Are you being mindful of that when you're calling songs during the gig? These are things to start thinking about to set yourself up for success during your gig. What kind of music am I playing? Am I prepared for the music I'm about to play? Uh, Do I understand the situation I'm about to play in? Is it going to be appropriate the kind of music that I'm calling uh, and about to play with this group? Uh, Now, the third question is, have I left my baggage at the door? Now, this seems like an interesting question. Uh, I mean, of course, by baggage, all that stuff in life that is just weighing you down, the stresses of your day, the stresses of your week, maybe the stresses of your month, uh, things that just are are making you not able to concentrate well. Have you left those at the door? Because when you get into the gig, that means you're on the job. And when you're a musician, you have to be a, an entertainer. You have to be a performer. And your job at that moment is to play the best music that you can possibly play. And the hard part of the job is definitely that you can't let those other things in your life affect your performance. And I've played with lots of musicians where that certainly has been the case, where the whole gig was kind of a drag because they were just having a sour attitude the whole time. They they weren't in the right frame of mind and they were refusing to let go of whatever was going on. Now, of course, there's always some understanding to this, and I've been definitely guilty of this before, but the challenge is to leave your baggage at the door so that when you get in, you're doing a good service to the music, you're doing a good service to the other musicians you're about to play with. It's really important, I think, to leave your baggage at the door, you know, let all that other stuff go so that you can just create music, and if anything, try to use any of that in order to influence and, and, and stir up your music for the better and not for the worse. So those are kind of the things that I really think about before the gig. What is my role in the band? What kind of music am I playing? And have I left my baggage at the door? Hey everybody, just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing. They know how they want to sound. They're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. Now, when it comes to being in the middle of the gig, in the heat of the battle, playing the music, I find myself constantly checking myself on on these two questions, these two additional questions. We'll call them questions four and five to build off of the previous three. And so question four is, 
am I locking in with the rest of the band? Am I locking in with the rest of the band? Incredibly, incredibly important question to be asking yourself because at the end of the day, it's far more important to be sounding great as a band than for you to be sounding great as an individual, okay? It's it's more important for you to sound great as a band than as an individual. That's gonna make it the best musical experience possible. So ask yourself, in the role that you're playing in the gig, which you've already identified, am I locking in? So if you're a bass player, are you locking in with the drummer? Are you guys on the same page? You need to be constantly checking yourself to make sure you guys are on the same page. If I'm a horn player playing with another horn player, am I locking in on those melodies with that other horn player? Are, are we communicating well when we're switching off for solos? If, if you're a guitar player and you're choosing to comp along with the piano player, which is a totally different topic in and of itself, are you playing something that's appropriate that's not going to clash with what the piano player is is playing? Now, if you're in the middle of your solos, are, are you playing within the time smoothly are, are are you are you keeping the form is everything staying in line and not falling apart and and take whatever instrument you have and ask yourself all of those different scenarios am i locking in with so and so am i locking in with the entire band individually am i locking in with the music at hand that's incredibly important to be constantly checking yourself on and asking yourself those questions so that you're not falling astray in the middle of your performance so make sure that you're locking in with the rest of the band because we want the whole band to sound good that has to be the top priority and that's where this final question comes in okay this final question that is possibly the most important question you could ask and it it kind of builds off of this last one, and that is, how can I make everyone in the band sound good? How can I make everyone in the band sound good? This goes back to this, it's not important how how you sound so much as is the whole band, because if you're making the, the, the guitar player sound good, or you're making the, the horn player sound good, or the organ player sound good, or the flute player sound good, and they're trying to make you sound good, then everybody sounds good together, right? Then everybody sounds good when they're not thinking so much about themselves and they're thinking about the other instrumentalists. Uh, last night at my, my trio gig, uh, we had a, a gentleman come and sit in, um, a, a percussionist come and sit in, and and the truth be told, he, he wasn't really the greatest player. And the drummer, I could tell my friend, he was a little bit irritated because he was kind of hard to work with. It was making his job twice as hard. And so in between the break, I said, oh yeah, sorry, man. I didn't, he asked if he could sit in. I didn't know if that was okay or not, but I just, I just said, okay. I didn't know what else to say. And he said, no, that's okay. You know, like that's what being a professional is all about. It's about taking the musical situation at hand and trying to do the very best you can with it and trying to make that person sound good. And I thought that was a great statement. It was kind of a reminder for me. Right. We need to be making the other musicians sound good. I mean, you know, the band is only as good as the weakest link. So you have to make that weakest link sound great. Support that person. And hopefully they're going to try to support you back. And if the whole band is working as a unit like that, you're going to have a great gig. And a lot of incredible musical situations will come out of that. Um, I, I... I often play uh, in a duo with a bass player 
And we play a lot together. We play at least once a week, a gig at least once a week. And sometimes we surprise each other, even though we play so much together. And, and sometimes things can get a little bit, uh, you know, the same old, same old sometimes. Every once in a while, we play a song that just blows our mind. We didn't know that we could go to that level of musicianship. We didn't know that it was possible. And at the end of the day, it was because we were just trying to make each other sound great. We were trying to support each other. And when that happens, some real magic in the music can happen. And so I want that for you. I want that for your jazz playing. So when you're in the middle of the gig, make sure you're asking, am I locking in with the rest of the band? And how can I make everyone else in the band sound good? All right, and that's all for today's show. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening in. And I also want to hear from you. Do you ask yourself any questions before or during your jazz gigs? If so, leave a comment in the comment section if you're on the website or go to learnjazzstandards.com and then go to podcast and find this episode 38 and leave a comment for us. Share with the rest of the jazz community. And remember, if you got some value at today's podcast episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation by going to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. That just helps us continue to produce this podcast week after week and support our website and blog. We're going to be coming out with episode 39 of the LGS podcast next week. We'll see you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.